Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. Each episode features a discussion of current topics from the latest consumer trends and new products to shifts in markets and lifestyles. I'm Andrew McDougall, Global Beauty Analyst on the Beauty and Personal Care Research Team. And today I'm delighted to be joined uh, by two of my Global Beauty Analyst colleagues. I have our skincare expert, Alex Fisher, with us today. Alex, hello. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thanks for asking. Oh, no problem at all. We're also joined today by Margot Caron, who is our colour cosmetics and fragrance expert as well. Hello, Margot. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Andrew. Thank you. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are we both doing today? Are we all excited? Are we all good? I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped to be here. Will you be even more pumped if I tell you today we are going to be talking about men in beauty, <gasps> men's grooming oh. and just the men's skincare, hair care and colour cosmetics field and see uh, how that market's going. We've been talking about a lot of potential in the market for years, but it's never really fully been cracked. Um, we saw in recent news as well that the British Army is uh, looking to potentially accept uh, men in uniform wearing makeup. So we're seeing a lot of moves being made. Um, but whereabouts are we with the market? I mean, I want to start maybe, Margot, with yourself as the colour cosmetics expert. Um, Where are we seeing men's makeup right now? Because there's a lot of noise being made uh, in certain countries or in certain demographics, uh, but it doesn't always transfer into purchase. There's still quite a limited market. So so where are we? So we've seen that in Asia, in Japan or in South Korea, for example, men's makeup is way more accepted right now. For example, you have uh, in South Korea men actually being introduced to makeup usage uh, in the army. Um, but it's actually really emerging in the West. Um, it's still niche um, as a category for men, but we see it emerging um, through two kinds of brands and through two kinds of, um, I would say, aesthetics. Uh, one would be like more gender bending, more expressive, uh, something a little bit more artistic, like we've seen in milk makeup, for example, or fluid, all these um, brands that really are into genderless um, beauty. But you also have things around uh, something more gender neutral, which has potential to tap into a more mainstream audience, a broader audience. And it's more about genderless enhancement uh, and self boosting, no, boosting self-esteem, sorry, um, rather than uh, complete artistry. And it has the potential to um, yeah, speak to most men. Boosting self-esteem is definitely a topic I want to come to in a bit. And I know you're keen to speak on that as well. Always. Um, but just touching just back on some of the points you made there, you mentioned obviously um, men's makeup being a bit bigger in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, sort of smaller, obviously, in the West. Are there certain markets in Europe as well? I mean, Alex as well, I don't know if you've seen this in skincare, where, I mean, we see in the UK, um, again, certain sort of areas of the UK are using men's makeup more and more. Um, is, are the, is this throughout Europe or is it just a UK thing? Yes, definitely. So you see that, for example, in Spain, you have way more makeup usage than um, in Germany, for example. So you have uh, a bit of like a diverse type of usage um, regarding which country you're in. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that there'd be that much difference in makeup usage, I think, within Europe. I think because when I think about skincare mm-hmm. uh, amongst men in Europe, it's it's pretty similar across the board. There's pretty low usage. Men don't really understand their skin type. So yeah, that's really interesting to hear about makeup. Is it that there's differences between, as you said, there's the artistry and kind of the gender neutral aesthetics? Is that something that's different between countries at all? I think it's it has more to do 
do with like the general attitude in terms of uh, male grooming when we see in Mediterranean countries. Uh, you have way more usage um, in terms of yeah grooming products, grooming time as well. Mm. So I guess it's getting a little bit more maybe sophisticating in these markets. Okay. That's interesting. Alex, how do you see it playing out in the skincare market then in terms of, uh, is it is it similar? I mean, is usage, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that there's a lack of understanding which is hindering the market. Yes. I mean, how, how are you seeing sort of the skincare market looking? Um, so within Europe specifically, the skincare market uh, for men, it's it's quite limited. Um, I think we see more kind of uh, women's brands just launching a men's product or mm. trying to launch a men's range. Uh, we've seen that done for a while now. So, for example, you had Dove and then you had Dove Men Plus Care or, you know, you've, you've had uh, examples like that, you know, Nivea and then Nivea Men. Um, but you know, basically the products really feel they're, they're, they feel like the same thing. Uh, they don't feel like a separate range that is specific to men's needs. But at the same time, there's almost not a reason to cater specifically to men because they don't understand their skin type. If you ask a man um, in the same way as you ask a woman to describe their skin, it's, you know, they, they'll say dry or oily, but apart from that, so they don't really think about um, the size of their pores. They don't think about that much, whether it's sensitive or not. Um, and we've seen facial hair is a, is a real driver of this. So it's almost that men with beards, um, they don't think so much about the skin underneath their beards, uh, but they are, they are more involved in other areas of men's grooming like hair care because they're looking after their facial hair and they're looking after their beards. But, um, but because there's not as much visible skin, they're not as aware of their skin needs. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you see that quite, um, quite a lot throughout uh, Europe and through the US where facial hair is more popular, but in um, Asian countries where the men are more clean shaven, uh, they have a better understanding of their skin. So that probably then uh, helps to drive that idea and that usage of male makeup as well, because they are paying much more attention to their face. It's interesting you mentioned that actually about uh, like the beard, especially for Western markets, as mm. you say, for the beard. Um, speaking as the only person in the room with a beard, um, it's interesting because it has almost we've seen this launch uh, of like a plethora of skincare and hair care brands off the back of this sort of barbershop trend and the beard trend and people thinking more about grooming. I mean, hair care, for example, which is obviously something I specialize in a little bit more. Um, we do see again this idea that men traditionally with hair care would be just doing the basics, the hygiene basics. I'll shampoo, I'll wash my hair. Um, there's a big drop off to men that then condition their mm. hair, hair treatments again, and then um, so again, lower down still. So um, we've traditionally seen that, but we are beginning to see men use, using hair care products uh, in a slightly different way. For example, in Latin America, we're seeing uh, certain treatments and masks um, being potentially uh, an intriguing or an interesting approach for men there. Uh, also with hair color as well. I mean, it's generally, I mean, apart from uh, younger men or the Gen Z now. It's traditionally again hair care for hair color, sorry, for men has always been covering the grays or covering the whites. Yeah. It's kind of just, you know, the Just for Men, which does a very good product and targets this product very well. But that's kind of it. When you speak to people sort of my age, um, around hair color, that's generally what they're thinking of when they think of hair color. Whereas now, um, I guess it's with young women as well as young men, we do now see this Gen Z coming through where maybe they want bright hair colors. They want to express themselves. So it's interesting to see how these markets, um, are sort of changing as well as our lifestyles and our values change as well. Definitely. I think uh, that's a really interesting pro point you just brought up there about uh, that kind of shift within hair colour. That's also made me think about this kind of overall shift in male attitudes just towards the way they look. So self-expression that, that you brought up, I thought was really interesting. Just because... Um, 
as you said, with hair color, it used to be all about uh, covering greys. Uh, and but as we've started to, and you know, women as well, we're starting to be more accepting of aging in general. Um, uh, you and I were on a podcast a while ago about uh, seniors and appealing to seniors within beauty. And yeah, it's the idea that aging is much more acceptable, and so therefore brands can't just talk about aging. And that's that's the same for male brands. I think men have always been much more accepting of kind of as they're getting older anyway. And so hair color, especially is uh, is a, a category that's had to really kind of step up their marketing to younger men and talk more about that idea of self-expression and using colors and that artistry and makeup to sort of be more expressive and allow them to do that. And we see from a lot of our research that younger men um, feel that it's much more important to express themselves through these kind of creative outlets and through beauty, uh, whereas older men don't don't feel that need. That kind of raises uh, a really interesting point, actually, with regards to how we target men. Um, just with regards to the fact, do we need to start fresh? Do we need to rip up the rule book and go back? Because as you mentioned before, when you talk about aging, for example, it is this idea, well, actually, men's skin ages differently to women's skin. Uh, whole, you know, I'm not meaning to cause any problems here, but for example, men are much less likely to get wrinkles at a younger age. Um, you know, It's much more likely to come in at much more advanced years. So again, it is this example now, there's, there's different collagen levels in the skin, there's different hormones in play. So men do tend potentially need a different formulated product. So do we need to start fresh and change the whole way that we market men's products to men? Uh, yeah, I think uh, within skincare, definitely. Um, as we said, at the moment, skin uh, men aren't really understanding of their skin type. So it's more about education from there. Um, and you really do need to start afresh. I think, as we said, it's previously been women's brands just adding a male uh, male product on, but the formulas are the same. But as you say, their, their skin types are different, but men don't realize it. So I think they're not treating their skin as well as they could be. Um, so there's definitely the education piece that needs to happen. And we've seen a lot of younger men uh so my favorite example is this instagram account called dewey dudes d-e-w-y dudes um they also have a podcast and they kind of use uh bro language and they use memes to really sort of masculinize the skincare conversation because a lot of men think that it's quite feminine to talk about skincare but uh, they're using this as a way to uh bring it you know and get men talking about their own skin needs and getting them to realize sort of what it is that that's important uh, when it comes to skincare. Uh, but yeah, the fact that they are kind of bringing that conversation to the male arena um, and doing it better than a lot of brands are doing, actually. Because as we said, brands are kind of just adding a bit of a bit of grey or sort of hydropower action uh, to whatever products that they're launching and thinking that that's how you man up skincare. But actually, once men understand a bit better uh, and, you know, in the same way as we talk to men about tech and we, it's, it's all about having to understand technology. Uh, and once they kind of see their skin as something similar to technology and and to how how to work it best i think that's where we need to start from for men so i guess it also um introduced the like the question of do products need to be gendered do products need yeah. to be gender specific or genderless i guess um, a lot of uh, men are expecting gender-specific products, especially for grooming, for skincare, for um, for um, personal care. But um, there are other categories. I see, for example, um, in terms of makeup, um, genderless needs to be really pushed as a claim because um, 
gendered products, for example, are only like they're seen are, are as very feminine um, in Western countries. So um, it could be seen as completely un- incompatible if uh, brands are advertising uh, makeup as something masculine or with like traditional masculine territories in terms of aesthetics, in terms of claim. So it's true that there is this balance to find between what product should be gender specific and what product should be genderless or gender neutral. And I guess it's um, a broader discussion in the beauty industry to have right now. It's interesting you say that actually about the genderless versus gender specific because we do like some of the research we have in beauty uh, to men does say that men do want certain gender specific products uh, and that kind of goes slightly against the whole sort of inclusive and sort of talking about how we shouldn't be targeting by demographic potentially. So it is a completely different approach to have and it's interesting that you say obviously in the makeup market actually you know what it doesn't have to be so gender specific genderless would actually work a bit better because we have Mm. seen campaigns where they're really bold and they're really strong adverse to show men using makeup however is that potentially isn't going to work for everyone yeah exactly so it's very subtle really because it's more about the aesthetics and the positioning of a brand rather than maybe um a product collection so i guess um Brands need to be gender neutral in how they speak to their consumers. But when you target men, it's more like targeting men using a gender neutral approach. Um, so even if you use a gender neutral approach, it's actually to target men. It's what Chanel and Givenchy did um, for their male collection, which is actually gender neutral communication, gender neutral products, but uh, they're actually targeting men. And you see that even if men feel that um, makeup communicated as a male, as a very traditional, in traditional male territories, uh, is a bit incompatible, um, I think that some products, uh, some makeup products need to be actually created for men and not just adapted from a feminine um, offer. So, for example, in Korea, you have these very interesting products that are made uh, only for men. Um, which are cushions. So cushions for the um, hairline or for the skull to maybe hide some uh, sparse hair. So um, it's basically a product, a makeup product that has been completely uniquely developed for men and doesn't exist in the uh, female territory, female offer. Wow. So that's interesting because you have this balance between gender neutral, neutral and gender specific to find. Well, is, that, is that as well then maybe the first example that there are, again, we do need to actually target men maybe a bit better, but maybe more personally and maybe looking at their personally, they are going to be slightly different to women's issues. Obviously, things like cover up, we, mm. you know, you need to cover up blemishes or if there's sort of, uh, sort of any skin pigmentation or anything, that maybe that is obviously the same. But in terms of actually, yeah, the actual products that men are going to be attracted to and think, oh yeah, I do actually want that. I don't mind using that kind of product. Again, that is going to have to be something that, again, brands should be looking at. How do we target our consumer? What do they want? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a huge swathe of, of men who are happy to use female brands at the moment, just because they it, these are those men that either understand that male brands aren't any different from female brands in a lot of in a lot of product types, and it's all just marketing. So things as we as I said before about kind of Hydra Power mm. Panther 
steal whatever kind of words you want to use to market to a man uh, they realize that actually that's very similar to things like you know it, it's just a different fragrance usually uh, it's it's nothing to do with the actual product themselves and so they say well it's I can blue black or silver yeah exactly else, yeah. exactly and it's it's no different to what's in the bottle that is green or, or white or, or yellow which are all a bit more kind of gender neutral colors and fragrances usually are a bit more so citrus fragrance is quite gender neutral from what we've seen um, but uh, yeah so you've got men who kind of realize that there's no actual difference in the formulation so I don't mind using a woman's product for uh, X, Y and Z so um, especially in kind of Mediterranean countries where you've still got big families all living together they're happy to buy a women's shower gel brand uh, for everyone to use uh, they, they don't really see the difference in the function of the product uh, and so I think that's but then you've also got the idea that men almost don't want to be targeted or they don't want to be um specified in that way with blue black uh gray packaging and that kind of stuff they don't they they see through it uh and so you know you've got to bring men in in a way that feels authentic uh it can't just be uh, adding these colors or adding these fragrances uh and saying that that is male specific because that isn't as you said like we've got a lot of products coming out specifically for women's um issues so things like uh, hormonal skincare we've seen a lot so menopausal products for example mm. but we don't see that happening uh, in the male space as much um we've seen a couple of brands bring out products uh specifically for sort of male hygiene especially around the groin area and things like that talking about testicular cancer so um you know kind of encouraging that health message but there's definitely a long way to go there um you know there's a lot of messages that we still exclude men from um you know things like body positivity for example we mm. don't talk to men specifically mm. about body positivity even though there are still those same issues there you know and men don't have that self-confidence in the same way uh, as women don't have that self-confidence and so we're we're trying to target them and saying you're strong you're manly you you need these hydra steel whatever um but actually they're saying you know we are just as sensitive as women we do need to be targeted differently but not in that stereotype way that's interesting because that kind of made that reminds me of a funny campaign that i thought was really good by i think it was dollar shave club they did the dad bod oh the dancing I yes. the, yeah i thought that was a superb campaign of just like yeah here's your dad bod and just like oh again it was a case of yeah some were in shape some well they were all different shapes and sizes and yes. it was just kind of like yeah that's kind of better than just having you know beautiful david gandhi as he is um but um we don't all look like that um no um, no so oh. so no i thought it was a very nice <laughs> campaign it's a bit humorous but i think it's nice to have those types of messages i remember i think it was gillette in spain did a similar thing and um, where it was talking about how what it meant to be a man what masculinity was and they had a you know men's sort of saying yeah well it's you know i define being a man as you know competing i define a man as you know crying i define a man as you know dressing up in drag it was a really good campaign as well and mm. um, mm. so it's interesting to see how the messages are having to change for men yeah now. those campaigns that dollar shave club one i really loved because you were right and it it had them in their it had their dad bods or their all, all their different body types but also um you know some were wearing aprons some were holding different things because it wasn't about uh it's not about the body shape of what makes you a man it's not that it's you know and you you enjoy different hobbies you enjoy different things as a man um you know you, you can have a wide variety of interests it doesn't have to just be sport hmm. everything's always a tie-in with sport it doesn't have to be sport you've got so many men who aren't interested in that you know men who are interested in technology or they're interested in reading they've got historical or or um you know uh, nature walking or that kind of stuff like loads of different interests that a lot of men have and so sport kind of really 
Uh, it makes the message very one-dimensional and it almost makes it's it's really similar to the idea of like that big pen for women because it's pink suddenly women will want to buy it mm. and it's the same idea as well oh because it includes sport or because it's in a certain color package men will want to buy it but is the counter argument almost that that will reach a mass audience though in terms of if i have a certain sports star who has global coverage and has global reach that is going to hit a certain mass audience for mm. me so that will work or is that does that seem a bit dated or a bit i think it's 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 a it's a hard one. I think they that's mass mass recognition, and you see a lot of celebrities being used in in that same way. You know, singers, actresses, everything like that. You see that in the women's arena a you lot. You have to be careful you pick though, because you could pick someone nowadays, a celebrity <laughs> nowadays, and they'll do something. And it's like, oh, oh God, yeah. we don't want them as an ambassador. Exactly. Not naming any names. No, of course. We're um, all thinking of one. <laughs> but then, yeah, you've so you've got these celebrity ambassadors, and that's the thing. Like, if you. If they're known for if they're known for sport, you risk the people who uh, don't know that much about sport not recognizing them. But if they are known outside of that arena, if they've reached that mass kind of um, uh, that mass celebrity, you then start being known for potentially bad things that you've done outside of that mm. arena, uh, as you, as you say. And so then it's like, well, do I want to be associated with this man or this woman? Is that the kind of person that I you know I think I am? And therefore, you know. That using those sports stars does reach that mass audience, but if you go beyond that, sometimes it can be a really it can be a really bad thing. It's uh, it's not what you want your brand to be associated with. Mm. I think also beyond the cars and the sport and all these very traditional masculine things to push when you advertise something, there are also so many things that are gaining traction to uh, target men and that are completely genderless, like um, being healthy or uh, sustainability is a big one as well. And I guess uh, now that consumers in general want deeper meaning when they consume uh it's not so conspicuous anymore, like masculinely conspicuous in a way. Um, And it's more around the common good. Even the family. Family is now something that brands have uh, pushed a lot, like how to be a dad, Mm -hmm. like the um, redefinition of like fatherhood. So I guess it's more, yeah, it's more something that's like beyond traditional, classic, territories like sports and cars yeah joe malone they've recently launched their first male uh male ambassador i can't remember who it is i think it's the star wars guy i can't remember his name ah john boyega oh yeah that's the guy um and so he is the new gent or they call him the gent for joe malone because yeah he's uh it's typically a very female brand and he's their first male ambassador so are we now seeing then, I'm glad we've come on to marketing campaigns because I, I like this, one of my favourite topics, um, but do we see a marketing campaign that's been done particularly well or particularly badly or is there something that you think is, oh, I really like that? We've mentioned a few already, mm. um, but is there something that you've seen, whether it's in makeup, skincare, hair care, wherever, that you've just kind of thought, oh, that brand has tried something a bit different or they're targeting the right thing? Uh, I mean, I know that, I mean, Margaret, you were talking earlier about health and things like that and how men, you know, that's a good way to sort of not have such a masculine subject, but looking after your health. I know mental health has been something that a lot of brands are looking to try and promote men to talk more about. It's been the whole point behind the sort of the Movember movement years going back years and years. And that movement itself kind of shows just how we have progressed to the point where Movember used to be, I've got a, a moustache and it was traditionally just about prostate cancer, whereas now it's about men's health and men's cancers in general and just talking and opening up. And I remember the Lions Barber Collective, we've t- talked about this before, but sort of like going back three or four years, they launched a collective where they uh, trained barbers to be therapists to encourage men to speak about their social issues or Mm. uh, their mental health issues obviously to raise awareness that men should speak and can speak 
uh, but also to raise awareness of the fact that male suicide is still on the rise in certain countries, for example, in the US, mm. uh, and depressions as well are, are on the rise as well, and we, we see that impacting us in, in lots of different ways. So are there campaigns that you think, I've kind of, kind of gone on a tangent there, <laughs> uh, but are there campaigns that you think uh, just hit the mark pretty well or make a really good message? In terms of, there's, there are brands that have made a strong message, I think, and I've heard uh, through through some of the other podcasts we've done talking about the Gillette campaign and I how divisive, I know, um, but how divisive that was. But what we've seen off the back of that is other campaigns sort of almost learning from that and taking a more gentle approach to um, talking about things like toxic masculinity. So we've seen brands talk then, as you said, more about mental health, the mental health of men and uh, sort of almost saying like it's it's okay not to be or not not to be traditionally masculine um rather than saying you need to stop being traditionally masculine uh, so saying uh, you know it's it's okay to have a softer side and that's actually part of being a man so i think we see a lot of other brands uh starting to talk like that but we're still not there yet i know recently we had world mental health day Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's been a big talking point uh, on a lot of social media. So I'm hoping a lot of ba- brands are going to pick up on that as well. And, and I hope we'll start to see more kind of mental health campaigns uh, in the future, especially targeted at men. Done in an authentic way, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, because I think that was the one thing actually we saw from going a little bit off topic. We saw that with uh, with the Pride uh, month, oh, sort yes. of a few months ago, um, where uh, there were a few brands that everything's just rainbow. Yeah, and it was kind of the, it was kind of like that's opportunism. You kind of mm. you, your message doesn't your normal message doesn't really relate to this. So why are you now jumping on this? So yeah. it can be a really difficult one, I think, for brands to navigate. Again, go back True. to that Gillette um, example. Mm. Obviously, you have things like uh, price differences and things like that. And is the message mm. really right to come from that particular brand? But I think it started this conversation. You know, it's, yes. it's making people talk about it. So that can only be a good thing. Mm. And Gillette. Followed it up with the. Did you see the first shave advert as well with the first yes, transgender model um, when he, his his dad was teaching him how to have his first shave? I thought that was quite a touching. Mm. That wasn't a TV advert. I think that was one I saw on YouTube. Yeah, it was about five to ten minutes long, but it was just a really touching campaign. I just thought that makes sense because it's a shaving company talking about shaving mm. and talking about again an issue that has maybe been in the shadows for too long mm. and now one that we are happy to talk about more and people are happy to have those conversations and want to have those conversations yeah i think we've seen we've seen a lot um so think for in the women's arena we've definitely seen a lot of um breast cancer awareness um teaming up with charities mm-hmm. donating a portion of the proceeds um but we haven't seen that traditionally as much with men's charities no movember i think is one of the major ones that we see and we see a lot of brands partnering with movember but um as i mentioned there's kind of uh the opportunity to get more hands-on with men's physical health as well so the idea of um you know sort of teaching men how to check for testicular cancer you have a lot of women's products that talk a lot about um breast cancer how to mm. check for lumps or you know um so superdrug they uh, recently did their superdrug presents pop up uh, event in London uh, and they had a whole corner uh, dedicated to their healthcare section uh, that they have in store but they also had nurses there who were there to help you um, sort of teach yourself how to uh, examine your breasts for lumps uh, and they partner with that charity Copperfield and you've got a lot of um breast products now starting to come out so uh, oils that are not sort of nice and de-stressing body oils but also it's to encourage you to check to check yourself um, and I think there's definitely an opportunity for men's brands to mm. talk more specifically about those men's issues that's the thing I think as you said doing it in an authentic way because 
as a men's brand, you are more of the authority in in certain areas. So things like hair care and talking about maybe the mental health stigma associated with baldness or being a body care brand that talks more about testicular cancer. There are definitely avenues where you can reach out to men on a more personal level rather than just saying, here's a man driving a sports car or here's a man kicking a football. You know, there's there's ways to relate to every man in that way. I actually remember that you showed me a brand which was very targeted to like this area yes. of the body. Yes. And it was very humorous. It's very good. Um so they had uh, a lot of different I mean I don't know how much I can I can say on a podcast. I don't know how much <laughs> would be bleeped out, but it was uh very um yeah linked to uh, groin hygiene. Uh, and and health and so talking about yeah testing uh, checking yourself uh, for testicular lumps but also they had things like um, uh, testicular cologne for example mm. so if you wanted to smell nicer down there just because you know um, I think when men are in the shower sometimes they can just be very quick all over but very few areas get specific attention and we've got a lot of women's brands bringing out um, sort of uh, feminine hygiene products as well we're seeing a lot of uh, care for the for the feminine uh, hygiene area uh, but not so many for men uh, and I think it's it's just as big an opportunity and I think that's quite interesting because I think being a bit tongue-in-cheek as well can be a, a good way to target men mm, about sensitive issues because it's very difficult sometimes to approach these these subjects or talk about these subjects. I mean, Old Spice have done it very well in, in their yes. sort of rebirth for the last sort of, well, over a decade now. But that whole kind of like using humor and now they're talking more about um, actual product benefits rather than mm. just talking about, you know, this is a man, be the man that I can be, um, which I still love. But, mm. um, but yeah, but it's interesting to see how that conversation has changed and we can use humor. Axe, for example, as well, I don't know if you remember, they had an ASMR advert that they ran about shower and shave oh, and yes. in that it was about um a similar thing it was about um shaving your body mm. shaving intimate areas as well uh, and for that they were, again it was quite humorous uh, so they had the asmr of like the blade um, they actually used two coconuts um to oh, really? symbolize uh, a men's area and yeah it was just but it was just that sound of like scraping and it was tapping into yeah, that yeah, asmr yeah. it was all as i say completely tongue-in-cheek it's all in this sort of Mm-mm. humorous way but Mm-mm. that can be an interesting way to talk about that and bring that kind of uh, thing up for men and as you say if we can then bring the health aspect in that could be interesting i remember seeing uh, the chilean women's national team they had an anthem for awareness where whenever the chilean team um sing their national anthem uh, the women would normally put their arm across their chest and the idea was what they did is that they worked with a breast cancer awareness comp- uh, sort of organization and then they actually made up a routine so as they were singing the national anthem on telly they would then lift one arm up and as their arm went across they would then oh, feel wow. for lumps it was like this idea that while we're singing the anthem we're checking you know and it's mm-hmm. all about awareness mm-hmm. i'm not suggesting that a football a men's football Maybe team not. should start checking during the national anthem but i think that kind of sort of subtle or just sort of clever way of just sort of slipping mm-hmm. it into the norm slipping it into the mainstream and because that's ultimately what we want mm-hmm. from awareness because there's the idea that um we can't just straight away bring emotion to men's campaigns like a, a lot a strong outburst of emotion because a lot of men still feel uncomfortable sort of uh with that level of emotion you can't just suddenly um make all of your uh uh, sort of shaving adverts or shower gel adverts about you know standing in the shower crying or something it's not it men would feel very uh men wouldn't feel right about that so that humor is a great way to start bringing the conversation mm. around humor is very um very important i think that's one of the things i liked about when i talked about dewey dudes in the education piece but they do it through as i said sort of like memes and bro humor because they know that's the way to get to men and they can't you can't just start talking about this topic because men men won't respond 
in that way. Do you see in makeup that's the same in terms of because with makeup are maybe men more invested or they, or they have more of a vested interest in the makeup already? Or like is is that the same for men? Like it, would humor work for men or is is there a different way to approach it from from that category? Um, I think for makeup it's um, really emerging and still niche right now. So I wouldn't see it. Um, maybe straight away for it, um, especially because you have a lot of bias around the category for many men. So I guess it's all about um, adoption first. The category I would see it coming would be more fragrances uh, for men uh, and also unisex fragrances. When you see like it's it's for women when when you see the new campaign for um, the uh, last perfume of Ariana Grande which is called Thank You Next. Uh, it's actually um, very humorous and it's really breaking the rule of perfumes being um, designed to seduce someone. So it's more about being a young woman and uh, all the gossips and the high school. And it's very nostalgic. Um, it references Mean Girls, the movie. So it's all about this kind of like playful, um, playful tone of voice. And I think um, because as a category, fragrance is... Uh, uh, very seen as very premium, but actually you have so many new formats um, emerging that can really appeal to men. I guess there is um, in some way uh, opportunity to really capture um, their culture with a lot of humor. Mm. Well, it seems like there's obviously there are new approaches and new ways that we need mm -hmm. to approach men going forward. There are new ways to engage men, have that more personal sort of touch and target them a bit better. It seems as well that between all the different categories, there is also a different approach to be yeah, had. So there's yeah. not going to be a one size fits all for men. This yeah. isn't going to work just for men. And also on top of that, that's not just, that's not going to just work for all men. Again, Western men, Eastern men, depending where you are in the world. Again, there's different messages, but it's important to understand and to help men increase their understanding. I think in beauty, the fact that, you know, as a category, we like to talk about how all women are different and we like, you know, that, that kind of body positivity mm. movement. And, you know, we're talking about women being individual. We've got to acknowledge that men are also individual um, the, the entire market needs to start thinking about men as individuals Brilliant. Well, that seems like a good point to wrap up on just because it seems like uh, we're done for today. We've kind of taken up our allotted time. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Alex, uh, thank you again uh, for your, your inputs today. Thank you so much, Andrew, for having me. And thank you very much, Margot, for joining us. Uh, your first podcast, but I thought it was superb. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope to have you both back in at some point very soon. And we yeah, can sure. talk about more different topics in the world of beauty. Uh, but that does do it for today. Uh, to learn more about Mintel, uh, the world's leading market intelligence agency, or any of the topics that we've discussed, today please head over to mintel.com and please also be sure to subscribe to little conversation wherever you get your podcasts thank you very much and have a great day